so we are playing with madness and if you've been listening which probably should this is episode 40 so uh we are a sequential story so listen from the beginning um but if you've been listening we just finished our first season and we are going to do to talk about it and answer some questions from the uh listeners i was going to say watchers but hopefully they don't they can't see us while we do this yeah which is exciting i think we have a lot we want to talk about it's a little weird for me because i don't know how much i should say exactly but um spill the beans yeah i have a tendency to spill my beans i have a note Um, my notepad out i mean who are you holding them back for at this point i just don't want to you know you don't want to tell well like kind of that's like two too much information it, like ruins a story sometimes, yeah. like a Lovecraft. Got to keep story. the beans in the bean hole sometimes, yeah. or else the you bean... need you need some beans. You need some beans in you. You need some kept. There's <laughs> also, I mean, that's the beauty the, of the... Geiger's Alien is that it was even when in the light, it's terrifying. So you're, if your story can stand up to the scrutiny, that really tells the quality of it. Like quite the leap of comparison we'll see no but also you left it there's a there was an ending that wasn't completely uh told with johnny and everyone in the cave like there could be something happening in the future there yes we did not see any of them any of them die seward and paris it it's more of a long shot i kind of think like they were very bad they were going to die without medical attention probably but um it's possible they got it uh, yeah, Johnny's going to be a dojo uh, sensei. Yeah, for season four of Cobra Kai. And Fres- own a Fresno. pizza restaurant. Oh, this he show sounds rad. Capitola. And Fresno. his pizza restaurant will be called uh, John Wick's Dog. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> hurt it. <laughs> don't hurt this restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Well, the so, doctor's going to be a movie uh, mogul, so that's yeah, going to be doctor, fine. Yeah, yeah the doctor, yeah. Yeah, Oh, that's pretty good. Sorry. But... <laughs> Dog pizza. Yeah. Oh, no. No. Come on. It should just be called. It. Whoa. Oh, that's pretty good. Get a slice of whoa. Um, <laughs> so I thought Johnny's. it would be fun. The first thing to talk about would be Hot Johnny's is pretty good, too. That actually sounds like a real pizza restaurant. But, uh... <laughs> I thought it'd be fun uh, to it's s- Papa Johnny's. He turns racist. Oh <laughs> yeah, I eat a large pizza every day for thirty-five days. Um, I, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> well, you thought something would be fun. Oh yes, notes. Um, I thought it'd be fun to talk about. There was something that came up in the a few episodes ago about player versus player combat PvP, mm. and. Ooh. Teal and Jake, I think, were on opposite ends of the spectrum about it. And I thought it'd be mm-hmm. fun to talk about it and see why people felt that way and like how other the rest of the group kind of fell out on that. Because I think it's part of Delta Green to some degree, because you can go insane and have to fight each other. It's just baked in. like, And there's different agendas and stuff, but... uh. Yeah, kind of, kind of also a reference for me for future games and stuff. So. Uh, well, my take on it, like especially in like it, for a normal game that you're playing with your friends, it's one thing. But in this application, I feel like we're doing collaborative storytelling, right? Like we're trying to make an interesting plot, and mm-hmm. I feel like 
the friction between two characters that hate each other is much more interesting than one of them killing the other. Like if you look at all these movies in the past, like Tango and Cash or Lethal Weapon or Samurai Champloo, the most the two main characters fucking hate each other, but they have to work together. And that's what makes their dynamic more interesting. Yeah, and so that's that why that's while. one of the reasons I didn't <laughs> want to kill Roland because I thought right, right. that the dynamic between them, that friction, is more interesting than just like killing them. Even though, like, if I was really Johnny, yeah, Johnny would have killed Roland like days ago. Uh, <laughs> and it was, I mean, your guys' relationship was my probably favorite, one of my favorite parts of the show for sure. I, <laughs> What do you think, Jake? <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, I, I like, you know, it'd be one thing if I came in and like, you know, immediately came in like guns a blazing. But like, yeah, I, I thought like, you know, especially it feeling like it was like somewhat maybe wrapping up like the timing was fine for it to like end up doing something like that. Like and it, it just it just felt like it was like time for like there to be like a, a, an actual confrontation with what was and what with, with what was going on. Like, uh, you know, Roland's idea was like to you know save all of this all of this stuff for humanity um as as is his organization's uh, uh goal um <clears throat> and uh, i knew you know i and also to protect like uh roland's big thing was he also wanted to protect the civilians that because as far as roland was concerned uh like johnny was going to kill uh, Paris and Eckert and everybody like after they were no longer of use because they knew too much and you know, don't seem like necessarily like the greatest uh, assets to Delta Green. <laughs> sorry, the sorry, Roland's, guys. No, <laughs> he was really the the good guy. Oh yeah, no, Roland. <laughs> Roland was Roland was one hundred percent the good guy in this whole fucking show. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yep. So um, framed as a bad guy, but like I, hated you I, so I did much, think it, it 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 came <laughs> along late enough where it was good to actually have real stakes. You know what I mean? Like if one of them yeah. died, yeah. it was like. Because when we first went in and started doing this, Jared, you were like, you know, it's not like like D&D style where you have a ton of hit points. Like, you could die in any episode. You're just people. So, like, when it, like the relationship did blossom enough that, like, okay, there are stakes now. Someone's going to maybe die right now. And it <laughs> felt yeah. natural. Yeah. I, I, think, I think, for me, I think there was a little bit of immersion breaking when we were in the base transceiver station. And we kind of just let Roland go. And he ended up like, you know, cutting the brakes of our car and like causing all this more oh, that wasn't conflict. <laughs> oh, oh, well, there you go. That's a question then. Um, but I yeah, mean, if you've listened to the show, sure. you you know that I had an ally. Like, I haven't I um, haven't heard that part yet. Oh, OK. Yeah. For Johnny, it wasn't like that wasn't I don't feel like it was character breaking like Johnny one isn't like he's very he was very trusting and he felt like he thought everybody was on his side like he hated unnatural shit so much like anything extra worldly that he felt like if any of you even saw it you'd just be on his side so like it's It's all the humans versus all the supernatural almost kind of in his mind yeah so he thought maybe roland was like making a power play and once johnny was like i'm in charge here then he's like okay well now now he knows and he'll be on the team and we'll go get this this lady who ran across the desert but obviously roland had a whole other idea 
Yeah, and you didn't know my affiliations or anything at that point. Like you just you you just saw me go kind of crazy when dirt when I saw um a Bill's dead body. Um can, so can we get I can kinda see that, but yeah. Can we get a little bit of Roland, like what his deal was? Yeah, let's uh the origin of Roland was he was just going to be an NPC I played based on reading the handler's guide, which is like the the for the people who run the game extra information to pull from and he's actually there's a there's it's the best part of it it's most of the book is a timeline of the delta green universe that goes from like 4 million bc to like slightly in the future and in the 90s there were uh basically there was a rival organization to delta green uh who was more they were almost kind of more like molder from the x-files they were wanted to find the truth, preserve it, possibly use it and interact with it, work with the supernatural. Yeah, I mean, Delta so almost, Green is like the bad guys from the X-Files, pretty much. <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody's a little bit of both to some yeah, degree, you know, true. but uh, so Roland was just going to be an NPC. <clears throat> and then I just, as I was making the character up, I was like, I think I'm making up like Jake. Kind of, <laughs> so, like, so I was like, <laughs> Yeah, so, so I mean, he, I, he had me expand on it, and I just made like uh, I wanted. I, I made. I kind of was trying to make like a kind of like not likable good guy. That's kind of what I was trying to go for. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd oh, good job! Because I, I just <laughs> me personally, like in the world of Delta Green, there's more to it than this. But just my personal view is, I'm kind of more in line with uh, Roland. Like I, I just not like the, his personality and stuff, but. Uh, yeah. I just think like they're probably you'd probably want to learn and stuff, but it's also like the the Lovecraft view of the supernatural is it's a problem that will like destroy people, you know, like learn the more you learn the worse it is. Like so it's it's interesting. It's like and yeah, I I was I kinda kept pushing for like story wise for you guys to con- have confrontation and I, I assumed it would end with somebody killing somebody. And Johnny's kind of a beast, so I figured he would come out on top. But then it was weird once it happened. Like, I felt weird. Um, I mean, Mike, uh, one thing, Roland's goal in that situation was, like I said, to save Paris and Eckert. So I was my goal was to sneak up on them, uh, incapacitate them, and then uh, uh, confront Johnny and Stuart. Hmm. And, and, and you know, I, I never wanted to hurt Eckert or Paris. My goal was the opposite of that. But then I oh man, failed. I thought you were taking him off to kill him. No, I, I I failed at like at like you know, you know, indiscreetly uh, uh hiding like incapacitating him. Huh. Yeah, you never got to like pull us to the side uh, at any point in time and be like, hey, this is the situation. Yeah, yeah I never. I, that was my goal. Out. I was originally I was like, well, I did. I tried with uh, I tried with Eckert like at the hotel. To like, oh, you, you tried know, to reason oh, yeah. with Doctor Eckert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that didn't work out. And then, and then I spent episodes just like looking for Bill. <laughs> yeah, like Bill. Bill was like the next person I was going to try to like, con- you know, talk to introduce to like you know my side of things. But then you know, that window. By the time I found Bill, it was a little too late. <laughs> so that's a good. We were hanging that's out a, with Andy oh. last night. And he was saying that his favorite part of the show was Stuart's interact interactions with the doctor. 
Oh, my oh for God. sure. That was so <laughs> hilarious. I'm <was laughs> so Man. glad I could be the freaking yeah, <laughs> that end of that joke. He's like just amazing. how frustrating you, it was for you. I, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, every time you try to reason yeah. with the doctor. Oh boy. Well, that that, that was honestly kind of harsher player versus player. It was just like a mind <laughs> battle. Like, no, uh, it's yeah. hilarious that you're trying to do the good thing with the doctor resulted in me being convinced to kill you like that. And because I I didn't I didn't know what your deal was at the time, and the doctor just came and was like, "That guy's horrible." unpredictable like i really thought i really thought i would at least have like a chance of getting through to him but he he, like uh the eckert like surprised me with how loyal he was to you when i like confronted him and that was how the loyal to no one dude yeah no he just (laughs) and i didn't trust johnny implicitly and i specifically said i don't trust you implicitly (laughs) it was mainly because you wouldn't let me in the goddamn car at first So it got to the point where I let the rat out of the closet, but I thought the rat would like, you know, I, in my mind, I was like, oh, he's going to go after Danny, but instead he like came after me. And so that was why I shot a rat. (laughs) So that just reminded me of a question. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, you got to remember that Johnny flattered the doctor immediately and said that he had heard me on Art Bell and you were very serious and not taking me seriously even roll, though roll i gave you no reason to take me seriously you were being <laughs> logical and johnny wasn't so that got yeah. him points yeah, yeah and 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 roland is is anything but a flatterer he's not exactly. gonna flatter anybody <laughs> yeah. yeah um yep, a question so, on ahead. uh so when bill was going crazy and and uh he thought someone broke into his house I kind of assumed it was roland but now i think it's just him going crazy and being paranoid uh do you want to know yeah uh that <laughs> it was the guy in the cave oh. who actually uh he knew bill he was going to be another possible like lead to follow up um, oh. if you guys had like done more in town to find out what was going on uh part yeah. of how i ran this game that was kind of like something i've never done before was the villains were like a team and they were doing stuff uh like every between episodes i'd figure out what the villains did next based on what you had done uh and he was the least deformed of the people you were against the least who bit like his his maladies weren't as visible so he was the one who could do stuff in town so he was stalking johnny he was stalking Bill. He broke into Bill's house. Um, Jesus Christ! Whoa. The the story and if you had followed up on the story in the paper, that was his cousin, and his brother owned the hotel, and he was Bill's old boss. Uh, what Kevin, Kevin uh, Franklin? I was actually so, at the point where I had to ask Jared if I if I had broken into your house because I had no idea either. <laughs> I was like, did I break into his house? He's like, wow. no, you I'm like, okay. That's dude. deep, dude. Holy crap. Dude, just that question just like unearthed an entire like mechanism, like a whole moving yeah. system of villains. Dude, I had it's no so cool idea. that none of us knew this. Yeah. We're so bad at this game. We're so, we suck, dude. We're so bad. <laughs> it was pretty obtuse, though. I really didn't give you guys a lot. You know, there were just yeah, leads yeah, you out there. Like, super sandboxed us, but it was awesome. Good. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And, and I think not, you guys kind of just world's supposed to be, you know. I think you guys kind of just you mentioned trying to fuck with the reporter 
who was like writing about Johnny and stuff, but uh, just never. You know, you got distracted uh, arguing in a parking lot for like three episodes. I was just going to say, like, whatever the distraction was, I bet money. So there was a point where you were like, that whole like shit telling Johnny that the the paint matches the truck, Bill's truck. Like, I felt like that was the big turning point in the story. Yeah, yeah, that was screwing around so much. He had to shoehorn us into the plot again. Totally. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, and it was just, it was like Johnny has really good, uh, like a search and awareness and stuff. So it was just like he was going to notice sooner or later, or once he got the green and white thing. And it's also just with this being audio, you can't see that Bill's car is green and white. I have to tell you, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so I just had to tell you pretty much after I revealed that information. But Johnny's like alertness is like, you know, he's like a vet, he's like a military person, so he would he would be noticing shit like that. But yeah, that information is basically what got Bill killed. Uh yeah. Which I kinda it's probably something we should address. That was the first character to die. Uh kind of the Dude. I guess the only character oh no, Roland. But <laughs> so intense. That was awesome. I love those yeah. episodes. Yeah, those were those were really fun to listen to. Yeah, shout out to Jordan Fickle who makes uh, uh, Ryan Brody Pressure Highway made our theme song, but Jordan makes all the in show music. And uh, I reached out to him like two days after we recorded the one where Bill died, and he wrote like a Bill theme, like the sad banjo theme song uh, that yeah. I really like. So good. Yeah, that That's fit awesome. really That's well. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was um, thinking. Yeah. Go ahead. Anyways. Sorry. Oh, just that whole like him looking off into the desert and seeing the uh, the visages of the of the party members. I thought, yeah, it was just a fun like kind of setting up these characters as they weren't they weren't the heroes that maybe we kind of thought they were at the beginning. Yeah, I think uh, Johnny I thought was much more kind of one dimensionally heroic at first, and then you find out he's very. Um, sketchy yep. <laughs> like yep. has some really weird views on things yeah which Giant made sense violent yes and he came into it with like mental damage already like he had already been through basically a delta green campaign so he like already had his problems uh which kind of drove how a lot of the show ended up going uh with like trust issues <laughs> and like threats and stuff like yeah, yeah, Roland came true. in. Uh, Roland came in immediately, like 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 suspicious, suspicious of of uh, Johnny as being like a cleaner, basically for the death of Cheryl. Oh, it kind of makes sense because that uh, you know Delta Green suppresses information. It is one yeah, of their exactly. jobs. So like, exactly. and it yeah, is it was... to some degree part of Johnny's job is to, if Cheryl Hayward's death involves the supernatural, hide it. You know, so yeah. But he assumed was, that, you know, she was killed for knowing too much, and then Johnny was sent in to, like, cover it all up. I'm curious about Roland's understanding of Delta Green. We never really got that. Oh, he was um, he was originally in the CIA for just a couple weeks and then um, saw some stuff that he shouldn't have seen and got taken by, uh, got kidnapped by some Delta Green agents. And uh, just before he was um, go- going to be killed, that was that flashback that I had right before... Uh, right before Johnny didn't kill me. Um, 
which could have gone either way, right? Right before that, I just got, I was trying to give him some, uh, some, you know, extra character before, like just in case I got shot in the head right then. Um, but yeah, and then uh, his handler for from Majestic, the, the rival organization, uh, saved him from them. Um, and then and then he was like recruited oh. into Majestic. Yeah. Yeah. So it it laid out cool. why Delta Green were in, in his mind he was a hero and Delta Green was a villain. You know. And uh, they and then they set him up like in the FBI, and then he he'd been you know doing Majestic work and being kind of anti Delta Green for like you know fifteen twenty years at that point. Oh. Yep. Have you guys um, been listening back at all since we like lifted the hiatus? Not I, not yet. I was waiting kind of for for this I'm, and then to go. I'm through I'm pretty it. much caught up on it all. Yep. A little bit, but of all yeah. the ones we weren't allowed to listen to, only a few of the more like I I didn't go back to the beginning of the hiatus and work my way up. I listened to a few in the middle that just I remembered having fun doing. So yeah. I need to go back and actually listen to the whole thing. Yeah, I, I don't mind being trouble is if I put anything. on one, I'll end up rewinding and listening to certain parts over and over again and laughing. Make <laughs> really like a really good scene. I'll be like, ah, that was so good. What's I want to hear it again. What's one of them that you remember? I listened to the goddamn parking lot escapade like 17 <laughs> times. <laughs> like the whole thing, like multiple episodes. I'll put that on and finish it and be like, do it again. That was two days. Oh, Park, wow. Park, parking lot was one of my favorite things for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually my next question. I was wondering what people's favorite moments from the show were. So yeah, parking lot was up there for me. That was hilarious, <laughs> and uh, like a lot of story happened weirdly in that. But like, but also, you guys were just yelling at each other in a parking lot. <laughs> think, like yeah, it was all in one. It was like a play because it was all in one set. But a lot yeah, of character was... things were happening yeah. and being established for later. Totally. I mean, Glenn to me, Gary, just Eckert, Eckert in general. <laughs> just anytime Eckert like is is doing anything with anyone <laughs> is my favorite keep part it of this weird. podcast. Yeah, the show no, would yeah. not be good without the Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Roland and Eckert first first come together and like like fucking we took turns following each other. Like that was just that was hilarious. Yeah, that was really. Fun. It's not always easy yeah. either to like hold your metaphysical cool when you're trying to like role play with a very abrasive stubborn <laughs> maniacal person well, and if you try to arrest <laughs> him he just it magically gets away yeah he's a doctor <laughs> <laughs> well it's like See? early when we first started i had no idea what i was gonna like what character i was gonna make at the very last like right before i was like hey how about i'm like a bigfoot hunter guy and then like through a series of choices in the first episode really just trying to make you guys laugh i like establish a canon of nonsense that like then i it, the character kind of wrote himself in my mind i don't know i didn't make right. a lot of notes or anything like that i just be in a situation i'm like i've already established that he's a complete loon so just whatever <laughs> well they won't expect say that yeah oh that was always the best part too is when you were surprisingly like normal or like heartfelt was just like the most weird thing you could do yeah. like when he like i trust you implicitly was like what <laughs> like <laughs> I love that. the weirdest thing I could think of to say at the moment. Uh, I think my favorite scene was when uh, Johnny uh, had taped 
all the phones to his head. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah, it just, yeah, that was it, great. I just had this like complete immersion, and just was like, "This is the coolest shit I've ever done. This is the the highest I've ever been on pretend." And yeah, just it yeah. So, it was a very so cool. visual scene, and like very insane. Like, like just like the, the different like individual like vignettes were all really good too. Yeah, yeah those were fun to do. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah, for a lot. sure. Like, because it, it was like a break from the game, and just like here's like a little mini movie of what's happening to this character, or happened in the past, or whatever. Uh, yeah, those are um, those are really fun to do. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, two questions from uh, my coworker. Shout out to Baby D. Baby D's got the weed. Um, what's up, Baby D? You got the weed. <laughs> uh, yes, he'll be happy to hear that. Uh, and he wanted to know: Was the meteorite the drug? <laughs> uh, n- no. Um, that was something. I think Teal just said it, and that became what you guys thought for the rest of the show. Um, and it was like there was no way to back out of it. But the me- the drug came from the uh, the guy in the cave and that basin. That so was that where... was the, it was the fountain of it basically. Yeah, that was also another lead basically that was out there that could have been followed up, but just you know, th- this one was more vague. But just if you guys ever looked into missing persons or anything, the dead body that was in the cave was a um, archaeologist who found that cave and was killed by the hunter and Franklin and the, those people, they're your enemies basically. And when they killed it, uh, her, it's some, it started this whole thing, summoned that Iker. And, uh, that's what they, that was the drug they were doing. Gotcha. Huh? Interesting. Was that mural on the wall there or did they make that? That mural was there. Um, I kind of, Whoa. This I'll lay out a little timeline stuff. Uh, so basically, uh, they the like the you guys had those flashbacks and stuff. And in prehistoric times, this place was a like a black lake. There was a black lake there of the Icker, and it was like a unholy site basically. And it was ruled over by that person uh, Johnny met in the cave. I don't want to say their name because it would give away stuff, but. Um, that lake dried up because of events and, but people remember it. And there's like a lineage of history. And that was the book that uh, Paris had. That was how that was like the, the history, the secret history of Pescajumba basically was the book, the book that drove you insane with the yellow triangle on the cover. Whoa. And that was how they knew about it. They were like, well, their families had been there. They had been handed down these books so they knew about that site in the cave, and they knew it was important, but they didn't know why. And then this archaeologist just showed up there, and they killed him. And that summoned the Icker and summoned that guy back. And he was like, this is how you get everything started again. This is how you just, make it uh, rain. Oh, my God. The movie is going to they... be so good because the doctor ended up with that book. Dude. Oh, we have a lot of source material. Or, yeah, or, or, or or that lady who killed him ended up with the book. Oh, she didn't kill me. She probably tried to make out with me. <laughs> oh, uh, all the time. 
So wait, hang on a second. Oh. Um, uh, how was the team of bad guy villains built? Were they just a team of of criminals? To they start? were people from. They were basically a cult or a secret society in Pescajumba who had Based been handed on the down. Book. Yeah, handed down that yellow book and knew from it some things that were true, some things that were not true about the secret history of this place, and they wanted to return it to its what they viewed as its natural state, which was like the almost alien landscape you saw when you took the drug. Um, and they like that would have been the goal for generations, and then they figured out that by killing someone there what how to do it. Gotcha. Wow. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> what was the second question? <laughs> um, uh, sorry. Hang on a second. Uh, uh, oh, basically, uh, this is kind of parting the kimono a little bit. I believe you had everybody when we first wrote our characters before even session one. Um, you all had us write a, like an occult side story. Did uh, yeah, if you want, I don't think Paris like an, had one. Is that an right? element? I think yeah, I think I was the only one that didn't really have that revealed because the doctors was the Golden Gate Park uh, event, Bigfoot alien encounter. Yeah, yes. Um, and then Teal's was his life story, and <laughs> Bills had the uh, kind of strange cult encounter. At the mm-hmm. nuclear uh, s- test site. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, I had one that was basically uh, when I was working for the syndicate in California, I like stumbled upon some weird version of a of an extract or concentrate that basically gave you clairvoyance that I was working off of. So. That is what that was, and it just—we didn't really know that we were going to have an, a team of four gumbos and one agent, but we yeah. Did. I like that it worked out that way, though. That, and I like that Paris, his occult backstory never came up and wasn't like a driving factor in his life. You know, like he wasn't like no. carrying around trauma or like you know, like he wasn't like it was just something weird that had happened. Like, yeah, I, I, I kind of liked playing the pretty much the straight guy, even though yeah. like my straight guy, like in a normal world would have been a black sheep because he was like an illegal drug manufacturer in a sense. Yeah. And just like weird too, but uh, yeah. like it moves the baseline of what the straight man is to, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? If that's the straight exactly. guy, everyone else is going to be super weird. <laughs> Dude, it's weird how you know i like when i was making bill i kind of assumed that he was like we didn't we kind of just jumped in and i kind of thought he'd be a delta green agent that gets like you know brought in as a as a blm ranger he's a federal agent but we didn't like really talk about it and we just kind of ran with it and then all of a sudden he's just like some jail <laughs> and like yeah i thought that actually went really well i know it was put a lot on johnny and that there was a bottleneck there a little bit but Definitely, I think it yeah. Added, I think it listening to other Delta Green and like thinking about it, like it added this whole other dynamic to the story where it brought like real people that people can relate to, I think, which makes our the story unique. 
yeah, I think I believe from what I've I haven't read any scenarios, but I've read about them, and from what I've read in the book and stuff, I think you're normally supposed to play. Everyone's in Delta Green. Everyone's an agent. You know, like go. Uh, which would make it simplify things, but I th- I think we got something kind of special out of, and um, it would have yeah, been so a big... much more boring if that was the case. I think. Yeah, well, totally. I don't think I don't think that would be it. Like for this story, I think was perfect for this, but I, I think you could also tell a good story with eight. Oh, you, you know, for sure. It's just I don't know. It would have there was uh, a unique quality that we got. It would have made maybe. our lack of understanding of the rules of the game much more glaring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that might have been true. <laughs> if we were playing people who should know what they're doing. And also I would have had yeah. to like explain Delta Green to all you guys, but like also be obtuse about it and I don't know. It was kind of just you know, frankly easier. And I wanted you guys didn't build characters together, so I wanted everyone to come in sort of at the same blank, you know. Well, and uh, like I don't know, they gave you lots of options of different characters you could be. So I didn't want to if someone else is I don't know, maybe it's just from playing like Pathfinder D&D. It's like if someone's this kind of character, you want to be a different... Like if someone's the wizard, someone else should be the tank. Someone else should be the bard. If you're all bards, that's a weird party. Even though for this, it actually makes more sense. I didn't think about that at the time, having never played this before. So Mm, I got a question for Jared. Yep. So like I kind of decided to be an FBI agent like on the fly while we were talking one day. How do you think this would have gone if we were all randos? <laughs> um, I probably, honestly, um, might have brought in Jake as Roland earlier, <laughs> like as your <laughs> or, or weird, weird different. would have been yeah. the babysitter or um, uh, Cheryl. I don't, I don't know. I didn't really think about that. Uh, Cheryl would have been maybe your guys's boss, like introduced you to it and then died, or I, I don't know. Uh, died early. I'm kind of just spitballing, but uh, I'm glad you were the FBI agent because I was super like a lot of this was based on Twin Peaks, and then your your Kyle McLaughlin, your uh, uh, Dale Cooper showing up in Twin Peaks, and there's all these weirdos, and you make a team of weirdos to like fight the supernatural. Like it just worked out that yeah, way on its own. I, I see that. That's great. Uh, yeah. So. Um, I guess we could start with... Into a doorknob, though. That's true. There was no... Oh, sorry, what? Uh, Should we answer some uh, listener questions? For sure. Cool. All right, the first one's from uh, Fit Sherbert on Reddit. Uh, <laughs> nice name. <laughs> it's a good, and I have no idea these Reddit ones. I think some of them I can guess. I'm pretty sure President Batman's Andy, but that's a safe bet for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely love your guys' show. You've got a great mix of horror and comedy, as well as a pretty nice set of characters. My question would be. Would uh, if you guys like more rural, isolated environment, and it's easier for a mystery to unfold rather than in a populated area? And oh shit, Mork Bore, uh, with a question mark. So yeah, that is uh, the next game we're gonna play is Mork Bore, which is like a black metal themed uh, RPG. That's gonna be. I think that'll be really fun. 
Like dark uh, but, fantasy, fantasy style, yeah. Yeah, but I, I picked the setting, and it was... Part of it, I guess, is easier, and I wanted to do like a town story. That was actually going to be a lot more of it, was about the town. But it, that was like kind of the hardest part to write, honestly. It was just like random people in the town, and like them giving you information was like hard to figure out. But yeah, and we, we're from California, right on the Nevada border. Like we all grew up in the same town. Uh, so we know Nevada. We all go camping there every year together. So I could pull from some things like inside knowledge of the group too. I didn't really think about the isolated thing, but that is um, a scary part of Nevada for sure. <laughs> like, uh, well, yeah, like having to drive like three hours to Carson City for re- like lab results and things like that. It like it creates an element of like having to figure shit out on the on the spot, and it puts pressure on the players. And it helped with. It being in the 90s helped with this too, but just no phones. Uh, was... well, it's all very Twin Peaks too. You're, you know, you got the, a lot of the small town, you know, yeah. aspect of stuff. Small town, small town police department, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, but I definitely, I have ideas for games that would be in like cities and stuff and like very populated areas. So I think it won't always be that way. Uh, it was, it's just kind of an easy start and something we all know. Uh, and we didn't have to do offensive a- accents for Nevada because there's kind of the Nevada accent isn't really an accent. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, very true. It was easy. <laughs> oh, and they, I think this is, I, I'm sorry, I did put this. Did anyone do an accent other than Bill? Yeah, and Johnny let me, a, John, Johnny was Keanu Reeves. He had a voice. Yeah, he had a yeah. Voice. voice is different than accent. Uh, Dr. Eckert had a way of talking. <laughs> this is my voice, but being very weird. I yeah, had a whole voice. I had a whole voice planned for Stuart where he was going to be you, from Indiana and okay. uh, he was going to be, he was going to sound like Columbo. Like, Hey, got, got some ideas here, but uh, I totally choked went on the episode where he came in and I didn't want to like back it, back it up. So. Bill had a, was a kind failure of a, in a lot of ways. Stuart was know, a big failure in a lot of ways. So Bill just had like kind of a country bumpkin like, style. Like we had more yeah. styles of talking, but I don't think anyone did an a regional or like ethnic he, accent. He just even when I was a feel. fake Italian, I didn't do an accent. That is Stuart, true. <laughs> and, uh, Stu- Stuart was the best straight man to Eckert that that ever existed in a million years. That was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look forward yeah. to listening back on that. It's just cringe when I did it. So I was like, oh, God, <laughs> no, horrible. you, no, you played the straight man in that so perfectly. That was so great. And I love when Doctor Eckert was like, "Let me drive your car," and you were like, "No," and he started to argue with you, and you were like, "Shit, just drive my car!" <laughs> like, I don't want to do this again. Like, <laughs> whole, like, I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll give you a light," and then like, I try to chop him. <laughs> I know. I love you guys were having like a a confusing like mental battle conversation <laughs> with occasional kung fu. You know, one of the best compliments I got on the show was from Chris when he said, there is no confusion spell in this game, but you are one. (laughs) I remember being like, oh, thank you. All right, let's get another listener question. Yeah, I'm really curious what each of your favorite X-Files episodes are. If not Exiles episodes, then I'd settle for a favorite sci-fi. Mel from California. Uh... 
I could well actually I gotta look up the name of it. Uh the one where he uh stretches out and uh eats livers. Uh Tombs. <laughs> that is uh Tombs, I believe is the name of that one. Tombs, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's that one is terrifying. And he has so, like the yellow part. eyes, like he's all jaundice looking. And he and shit, he looks and... for women that are dressed in blue. Yeah, because he's like, like a, somehow... a dog man or something. Yeah, I remember he has to come out every eighty years and eat three livers, and then goes yeah, back. Yeah, he lived like cave. under an elevator in a mall or something creepy. Yeah, the end of that episode is him chasing Mulder through like a duct underground, and he's naked and covered in bile, and it's really scary. <laughs> like it's like uh... my, I mean, there's so many good episodes, especially in the first three seasons. Like if you have never seen the first three seasons of X Files, do yourself a favor, but. I really like the one where it's loggers versus uh, uh, monkey wrenchers. Uh, but the loggers have like released an ancient, like prehistoric insect from like that was within the rings of a log that like de- it like sucks the moisture out of living mammals. It's a really good episode. <laughs> yeah, they have but, to end, uh, but the, I the like, light I like stares up off, right? Like the- yeah, because they're 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 bioluminescent. So they come in these like green swarms at night, but uh, they had another episode that was a lot. Oh, that was along those lines that where they like release something from the ice in in Antarctica or in the Arctic or somewhere oh, really cold. Thing. But I like those, <laughs> I like those episodes where they, where they kind of like unearth something that's older than man. And it comes Very, to, and it plagues us. Dude, Very that's awesome. Crafting. The that episode "Darkness Falls" came out in '94, which was like the part of the height of the uh, Northwest Forest Plan and all like the logging environmental uh, stuff happening in the Pacific Northwest. That's rad that they were commenting on that. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah they they had multiple multiple episodes about like the logging industry. Like, uh, it was like because that's a good setup, you know. A bunch of dudes go out in the woods alone, and then something weird happens. And there's the famous. Uh, the movie Fire in the Sky is based on it, but there's the uh, famous abduction story about a logging crew out in the woods, and they came back one man short, and they were all weird and wouldn't say where he went, and then he like showed up later and said he had been abducted by aliens, and like it was like a whole uh, thing. Um, but yeah, uh, my favorite X File. I had to look up the name. Uh, Jose Chung's from Outer Space is my favorite episode. <laughs> um, it's got Jesse Ventura and Alex Trebek. Oh, yes, that is a they, good one. They play the men in black in it, and it's somebody's writing a book about the X Files. So they like interviewing Scully about what happened, but they interview a bunch of people like the the randos in the town, and everybody has different point of views about it. Like one guy is convinced Mulder's a robot, um, and like one guy is just, like thinks Scully was hitting on him the whole time, and like. Everybody, the aliens are shown in different ways depending on whose point of view it is and stuff. It's it's a great episode. Yeah, one of those like breaking of the fourth wall episode kind of style. Yeah, and it's, and it's a funny one. Like it starts with aliens are abducting some kids, and then another alien comes and abducts the aliens abducting the kids, and the aliens wow. are like, "Oh shit!" And you're like, "What is happening?" <laughs> like, um. Well, I I have. I have my true favorite episode and honorable mention favorite episode, which would be uh, 
postmodern Prometheus, the Frankenstein episode about a monster that the town wants to kill, but Mulder and Scully realize he's just a big fan of Cher, and they take him to a Cher concert, and everyone oh, has a great that time. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. I remember it, seeing that as a kid and being like, what? <laughs> that's, was, that's my perennial favorite. Um, but the one that I forgot until I was going through the X-Files not that long ago, and it's so it's it's not a funny episode, but it is, and it's literally called "Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man," which is just the history of the evil cigarette man and how he murdered every famous person ever. He was the assassin for all these it's things, the and that's Gump. why he's part of the yeah, it's like whole evil e- Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah, no, and exactly. It, it, this is the best part: is it ends with him and a homeless man on a bench, and he does the Forrest Gump. Like life is like a box of chocolates, and no then way. he's like, "It's all bullshit." Oh no! Earlier, he's like, "I stopped smoking cigarettes because I'm gonna be a novelist. I quit <laughs> the syndicate, and my novel is getting published." And what is his name? I have it pulled up. It's something so fucking awesome. The cigarette smoking man. I yeah, his no his idea pen name is Raoul Bloodworth. Oh, that's nice. pretty good. <laughs> And he's finally, all he ever wanted to do is be a novelist. And then he finds out the publishers are taking his novel and publishing it one chapter at a time, serializing it in a porno magazine. So he's fucking pissed off. And he sits down on a bench with a homeless man. And he had given up cigarettes in the episode. And he just starts smoking. And he's like, life is like a box of chocolates. They rot your teeth. They're meaningless and stupid. And he just joins the syndicate again. <laughs> That's how it ends. Awesome. Yeah, me, me and Izzy just watched that one recently, and she had never seen it. And she's like, "This is like ruining the show. <laughs> like, this is like <laughs> I so." Love it. <laughs> I thought it was so funny, even though it wasn't yeah. supposed to be a comedy episode. I'm going to be controversial and say mine is from the eighth eighth season after Mulder's gone. Oh, I'm a Daggett fan here. Is it uh the, is it No, he's project? not in it. It's just it's just Scully and she like there's like a this this cult in the desert that like worships this like parasitic slug that they think is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, and they have to like they all take turns putting it in themselves, right? I just like... I loved that episode. I don't know what it is. I just really got off on that episode. <laughs> it's really terror. I remember that one's terrifying. Like, it's oh no, super it's, scary. It's, it's 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 like it's it's got comedy and it just has a good balance of all of it. And it's all just uh, Scully. Like Mulder's not you know, obviously not in it at all. Nor nor is the other dude, the um, T T two thousand or whatever. Yeah, Mulder has a habit of breaking the show because he just said whatever he says is what's happening. So it's like kind of like. He's like, it's probably Bigfoot, and then you spend an hour trying to figure out what it is, and it's Bigfoot. You know? <laughs> it's like most of the episodes, Mulder is always right, Scully is smarter than him and knows more, and more skeptical, and then she's wrong, because Mulder's like, no, it's Bigfoot, and they go, oh, okay. Keeps him alive, yeah. He basically like read the handler's guide of his universe. Like he knows the rules. Did, like it's did, always Bigfoot. <laughs> like he knows did, all the any of you, Yeah, no, he's he's the doctor of his uh, plot line. No, but any, did anyone watch the new ones? Uh, I watched a few of them. Are you talking about the one no. with Murray from Flight yeah. of the Concords? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I need to go back and watch those. For some reason, I didn't do it. I need I need to do that. I only They're... watched that one. It was a funny, silly comedy one with Murray from <laughs> uh, What We Do in the Shadows, um, Rise Darby, and he's a were human. 
he's an like a monster man that when on the full moon becomes a guy and he just wants to be a monster because a person bit him yeah, yeah it's, it's a great episode and then he's like awesome. i have to go and get a every like once every month it's horrible i have to go and get a job like <laughs> like like do human things yeah like it's really funny oh uh, i need to that. do uh my role Oh, uh, yeah, you need to. You should explain this too. Like what is happening? Like very. I I just wrote it on a whim, and it was a very strange side story that doesn't make any sense. But I'm still gonna do it. Oh, um, but what? Yeah. Back when Paris was alone and reading the journal, uh, mm-hmm. and like going crazy. Um, well, basically, I have it where retconning a bit he had his friend stop by the one that uh he had given his machinery and cash and paraphernalia etc to um to give him some more stuff that he needed some documents a passport or something like that and uh i accidentally gave him some of the scribblings that i was writing down from the yellow book and uh within that time frame he goes crazy and he's like kind of in the woods, but also reading what's going on and figuring out what's going on in Pesca Jumba and just kind of conspiracy theories himself into a, a, a mania. And he decides to uh, try to take out a major chunk of the electrical grid. And so Mix. I made a roll <laughs> for uh, D100, 1 through 25. <clears throat> He accomplishes little and knocks over two power poles and is killed at Juan's Flying Burrito. Okay. Uh, 26 through 50. Uh, he decided that the Lahanatan Dam is more feasible, but does uh, does not know that it is primarily used for uh, irrigation and not power, uh, destroying multitudes of farm, farmland in- infrastructure. It's not so great of a result. Um, uh, 50 through 75, he accomplishes the main goal, but is killed at the Hoover Dam, um, which is his primary goal is to shut that down. Uh, and 75 through 100 is all goals successful. <clears throat> all right. It's, it's cool too, because they like Bill's voice coming through the phones and stuff. Like, there has been like weird shit going on with like the phone and power lines in town. So it would probably like, confirm these weird like delusional yeah exactly and i i would probably mentioned like a little bit of what's going on like yeah have you noticed the power's all fucked up and yeah um okay uh that is a 58 uh he accomplishes his main goal but it's killed at hoover dam which is the uh sorry i didn't mention it it was the uh uh, Valmy Power Plant, which is in like northeastern Nevada. <laughs> Man, this little town of Pescajumba is getting more and more famous. Like <laughs> nobody had ever heard of it. Now it's probably on the news like fairly regularly for just horrible things. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Okay, this is one. Uh, this is one for the group. If you had. Uh, to form a real-life crew to either explore deep space or deep sea and not return for one year, which would you choose, and what job would you be assigned to on the ship? And this is from Jerry Spruggins from North Carolina, but I think it's just Mel. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
What? To have a vote to see if we go to space or into the deep sea first, and then we have to choose our crew, or do we all just pick what? And we we, we name our position basically. Yeah, uh, we don't have to vote. We could just say, "I would much rather do space." The sea is more claustrophobic somehow. I don't know exactly. Um, they're how. both yes. horrible options. They're both claustrophobic. Yeah. I wouldn't do either. That's yeah, I know, that, that was my initial reaction. I was like, I didn't sign up for any of this <laughs> shit. Uh, uh, in real life, space. I'm space janitor. I, yeah, space janitor for me too. Um, <laughs> just, just two janitors in space. Be the, like, fuck. It's gonna be the clean, cleanest ship ever with two with with oh, two man. out of what, like five or six You can eat off the floor. It's funny that I'd be the I'd be the space poop captain. I'd just poop in the ship. You guys clean it up. That's why we need two janitors. You refuse to use the vacuum. What are we talking about, though? Like, uh, is a sci-fi, or are you talking about with modern technology? Are we stuck on a tiny submarine going down to the Mariana Trench for like ten minutes before it like gets crushed, or going out on a shuttle? Or are we talking about Star Trek versus I don't even know what a deep sea sci-fi is. Sea track, but um, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's your call, Danny. You just no. There it. was an Australian uh, sci-fi show that was Sea Sea Lab. Yeah, they Sea Lab twenty twenty was like a weird spoof of it. I think yes, okay. two thousand yes. leagues under the sea. The okay, yeah. Well, not that. Definitely space. <laughs> I've heard yep, that well, if I'm, you're uh, like they'll put uh, a string in a submarine. Like from end to end, and then as you go down, like all tight, and then it, all the pressure makes the submarine like you know get tighter and tighter, and the the string will slacken. You can see like how much the pressure is around you. Oh, it makes it yeah, smaller. That's, uh, scary. Yeah, it sounds. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know that. T- going to the ocean sounds worse to me. I don't know why. Sea quest. Space is that's just as called. Um, dangerous and bad, but. Either way, uh, I'll just stick cooler. to what I'm doing now and uh, and just serve drinks to everybody. Nice, the mine shafts in space. space <laughs> <program>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just gonna, um, okay. If it, if I get to choose, I'd go into space and be a lizard man spy pretending to be a tailor. I so change mine to. Janet- to uh, <laughs> I'm just Garrick from Deep Space Nine. Friends. So it'll be uh, Garrick, uh, Garrick, two janitors at a bar in space. Is our sitcom, I believe. <laughs> oh, so well, there fine. you go, Mel. <laughs> and oh, and Chris is pooping too. Um, yeah, and, 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 and Fred Bowie uh, is there still. Well, he's sure been pooping for a long time. So next question: Do you think you would get along with your characters in real life? I sense there no. are some similarities between them and your real personalities. And this is from <laughs> Abigail, Abigail Bean Zonker in Massachusetts, who I believe is Mel again. She's prolific in her um, aliases. I would definitely not get along man. with Roland. They'll say that. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I, no, I don't. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Roland. Uh, but I think I, I, would, I could hang with Bill. I think not at all with Stuart. Yeah, Stewart's a kind of a scumbag. He's horrible. He's horrible. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I played, played many... such a different character than like who I am in real life that it's it's hard to say like <laughs> how I would interact with them. Yeah, who knows? I feel like like we would just kind of just pass each other like two ships in the night and just not even notice. I don't think there'd be any sparks. Um, or I you feel? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
Oh, I just was going to say you both probably can't exist in the same room and you would like end, end the space-time continuum. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a, the temporal police would show up immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the doctor would be like a lot of people I've met in Nevada City, like just fascinating to watch, but it's really up oh, yeah. to them how much they talk to me before they wander away. That'd be crazy Pat. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, he is at minimum 40% crazy Pat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can you can uh, search for Crazy Pat on YouTube, right? Uh, if you video. go to, you can find videos of him on Eddie's YouTube. It's called Slate FL. Um, <laughs> I was thinking we could also uh, there's there's uh, like throw five some on the on the Patreon. We could make a little supercut. Oh yeah, no, there yeah. was a, he did a great um, HP Lovecraft speech in a video that needed to get integrated at some time. So. If, and he wants to yeah, Google, never... Google um, Slate FL on YouTube and find the Crazy Pat stuff. It's good. I also, on my SoundCloud, I have an hour-long interview, if you want to call oh, it that. Oh, thank God. It's alive. With Crazy That's Pat so good. telling yes. me about all kinds of things, about pyramids Extreme, and traveling through extremely space. Important, extremely important document. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would. of all you guys, I'd probably get along. Well, I'd get along with Bill the best, and Dr. Eckert would be fun yeah uh, <laughs> and the, i don't know would bill, would yeah. bill have a thin blue line sticker on his car yeah that's that's pretty possible yeah uh but he's not uh, he doesn't even, rub it in your, your I face i don't know like i you think so like i mean bill strikes me as more like kind of like anti-authority libertarian-y like outbacky blm guy no uh, i don't like thinking about it <laughs> I think that says yes to your question. He's like, I'm yeah, not getting involved. Yeah, he he wouldn't he have the sticker regardless of his personal support. It'll he's, mess up I, the chrome on my he's bumper. In, he's in he hasn't the, thought about it. He hasn't yeah, he's kind of just into his own thing. He likes archaeology. Yeah. He likes magpies. Uh, magpies. He, he kind of just does his own thing. Like he's conservative yeah. for sure. Like, yeah, but. I like that you didn't want to out your fictional character. Let's no, just no, 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 I, I just, no. He's he's an amalgam of multiple people that I know, and they're they're not like black or white, really. You know, like they're 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 multidimensional people. Does and the nineties was a, oh sorry, go ahead. Oh, just the nineties was a less polarized time. You didn't have to take a stance on the police; they just existed. Well, like, he's a, a little right? backwater, like Nevada he, town. He works for BLM, so he's like a target of like the, um, you know, anti-government people in this like small town. So he's, it's it's not, it's not cuttered. He's not a he maybe has some libertarian tendencies, but he is also like a like gets yelled at by the local ranchers for like his you know having to enforce BLM regulations and stuff. So yeah. that's yeah. a tightrope he's walking. Yeah, um, he reads so he reads Edward Abbey, but he doesn't like certain parts. <laughs> I, I, I skip chapters. <laughs> no, but my question like is: Does Johnny look like '90s Keanu Reeves? Mixed with Johnny, Johnny looks like um, like David Duchovny and Keanu Reeves had a baby. I actually like made his face uh, on one of those what? combining face sites. So there's then a picture he, of Johnny. He'd be someone who I'd probably stare at and think was hot, but it would be terrifying, and I wouldn't talk to him. 
Oh, he'd yeah, he'd be really hot, and he'd be like, if he wanted to talk to you, he'd be super friendly and really genial, and he'd probably like have a yeah. cigarette or a donut for you. That'd just make but it he more would use intimidating. You, burn you. I know. Yeah, and he's a ten. You might see him get ultra violent. Uh, these questions are mostly for Jared. Okay. Uh, how much of the setting characters and supernatural stuff was taken from the Delta Green books, and how much of it was your own invention? Uh, that is, that actually kind of gets back to something I wanted to talk about, like the inspiration for the show. Um, a lot of the show came from, there was early on, we had a Paris, Paris had a dream and Johnny had a dream. And those were two dreams I've had, uh, with a couple changes. They were pretty much two dreams I had right before we started, like I started writing the show. So that was basically where the show came from uh and i made up mostly everything but things are like like things in the book um so like i i use the book as a basis uh but yeah i guess i made it all up kind of yeah i don't know i the it's all it's all jared brain wow uh, good job yeah well done it was fun giving other people my dreams and then telling the people were telling me they gave them nightmares and that was just fun to hear. <laughs> yeah, I love that that Chris Johnny's got he's he's so porous it just infiltrates his dreams. I mean, it's yeah, quite the quite the pollen. Yeah, you should uh Teal, you should watch out for Scientology. They would they'd be able to get you probably with one audit. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be in the movie we make. Don't worry about it. The the next season should be about Doctor Eckerd's movie. It should be like a Hollywood story. To actually play himself. Like he he gets Johnny to come in and be the, the star. <laughs> yes. Uh also, do you have any plans for where the story was going and how closely the story aligned with your plans? What was the biggest moment where players' actions completely derailed the direction <laughs> you wanted the story <laughs> to go? Um, bowling. Yeah. So yeah. the pretty much the first thing I wrote was like the opening with Cheryl Hayward, and then the ending, pretty similar to how it happened, actually. Um, but there was a lot of room for the players. Like I, I don't um, say no ever it's kind of a problem like as a person honestly but uh oh, except, except if the kerosene is still on fire oh sorry sorry johnny yeah that was i don't know if that was on the episode but uh johnny really wanted to punch the uh the person in the cave with the meteor on fire and i said no to that um is it okay if i tell you that wouldn't have mattered <laughs> oh i know it wouldn't have mattered is there a way uh, to? Well, sorry, I don't actually. I don't really want to know if there was a way to to kill the thing. Yeah, there I was think... a way to win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were there were multiple ways to win. Like it could have, you know. Yeah, leave. If that honestly, that would have been an option. I I didn't expect it to be taken. That was <laughs> one that could have that kind of derailed things. Honestly, it was just <laughs> Doctor Ecker just leaving in the ending scene. Um, but in a good way. Yeah. No, I I um. I think I I pride myself on rolling with the punches and just letting things go. The hardest part was just making you guys um, 
go to the same places for like the first like 10 episodes of the story. Yeah. I I do want to give you a real fucking compliment here, Jared, is because when we throw the weirdest shit at you, you are a good improver. And I can usually kind of tell when you're like, I had no idea you're going to do that. And you can real quick come up with something that makes sense. Yeah. That's honestly kind of roll with the punches really well. That's my favorite part of doing this, honestly, is just like, oh, what, what? <laughs> like, like that's like having to make it up on the spot. I've never but done you, like. But actual... you make it make sense. You don't like go. Uh, well, uh, hold on, let me look at my notes because you like I was gonna plot force you into this thing. You're like, well, all right, well then they do that. Like, I don't know. It made it interesting and fun. Super smooth. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, I think this game also Delta Green is is awesome for this collaborative storytelling recording. Um. D and D in those types of games are a little bit more like shoehorned by the rules. So it's like so open, and then there's also like being in the modern world. There's so much to pull from, but it, you obviously prepared really well. Like you knew what was going on in the background at all times, so you could just kind of yeah. Those be there. the villains team is awesome to know that that was happening. Yeah, part of the perk of this was honestly I just didn't have a job. While we were doing this, so I just had the time to like, <laughs> like actually write that much, which I really normally would not do. But I also like was pretty loose in my prep because once I learned like what kind of characters you guys were, it's like, it's like yeah, all you, right, you were loose, but you knew what the world was and like how we could enter. Like it wasn't like rules or like boundaries as far as the story, but like there was a place that we could interact with. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of logical contingencies or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like something would change and you're yeah. like, well, I know what is going on enough that if you do that, I can tell you what would happen. Yeah, for early on, I was like writing like, okay, if they do this, this happens. If they do this, this happens. And then I stopped doing that because you guys would never pick like A, <laughs> B, or C, you know? Um, <laughs> I, could think, I could think of one that actually was a derailing that was like, had me really scrambling was when a uh, Paris got abducted by Frank. Oh, Cummings. that was awesome. Yeah. I, I completely, it just, I assumed how you would act, which was stupid, but I thought you wouldn't let that happen. And there would be an encounter in Frank's house. Like you would save Paris. Oh, um, so then it mixed two action scenes together and I really, I was really worried about it. I kind of just, I was like, I'm not going to make this easier, but I thought you guys were going to die, but you easily handled it. Uh, dude, Johnny Walker over here. God, all dude. Over there was, yeah, we got that nice position. But no, the Johnny doctor. on the mountain. And then the yeah, doctor in the, the doctor car. Did the other half, at least. <laughs> it was one part good rolls, but also, like, I, if you had failed one stealth check going up there, like, they would have probably abduct like held paris hostage and then it would have been a whole different scene you know and like dude uh, i remember having like the funniest notes between weeks of that part where i was just like i had no idea what to do because i thought i was like definitely gonna die uh here it is uh crazy man has solid black eyes on drugs <laughs> front of his shirt is poking out <laughs> A sprint for the meth trailer. Grab the axe, grab drug bucket. Tackle dead deer and hide under it and take the axe. <laughs> this is a good one. Use axe on propane bottle. Whoa. That sounds like that's it would a... hurt you more than anyone else. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a great note, though. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I just wasn't sure what was going to happen, and I was thinking of all the video games I've played, and I was like, okay, how's this going to work? We're, nice. Okay, here's a question for all of you. Like, how concerned were you about... And, and like, okay, like Chris was saying, you wanted the, the characters to create a compelling plot, and which we I feel like we did, but since going in, I felt we could die at any time... I always was like, fortune favors the bold, and I don't care if I die. So I would just make the most, like, I'd get in the car and run this guy over. And I kept thinking just I'd die. Send it and I would time. just make a new character and show up as someone else. Like, uh, Bill died, and then you were Stuart. And, like, I just thought that was going to happen to me, like, I don't know, way earlier. <laughs> and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. Google but, Rice. Yeah, Rice Google High Schooler had my back, apparently. But I mean, like, were you guys like worried about dying? Because I I created a fucking weirdo who just didn't. No, so, I, I, never, I, I was, never I never cared at all whether Roland died or lived or died. <clears throat> yeah, I no, knew I yeah, didn't I, either. I wanted to be as bold as possible and happened to Bill. Con- so. I I got I started getting really scared of dying because I don't know if y'all noticed. Might as well say it. I was playing myself. <laughs> I was what? like the, no the meta, the meta thing of ki- like killing yourself was like. It, I was nervous you. about what like what it would feel like. Uh, <laughs> I kind of know now, but now it's, I don't. It's, it's just a mystery, like so it's kind of worse. It's good we didn't all like just commit invol- like accidental suicide, so that there was continuity and stuff, but. I I just thought that was kind of in the mix of this game. It's not like, oh, you know, in Pathfinder, you're at zero hit points, but you're not actually dead. And if they get you a healing potion in time, you come back to life. It's like if if I hit my head on the ground or get shot, I die. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm crazy anyway. I'm going to drive over that guy. Yeah, I mean, I think your strategy proved to be pretty efficient, Doctor, because you, <laughs> you kind of like MVP'd a few action scenes. Seriously. Uh, and yeah, I, I kind totally, of. Oh, I totally that was didn't just a, expect Roland to last as long as he did <laughs> at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Similar philosophies. Yeah. Well, should we do I one more of, question? Sure. Uh, yeah. Those those were from President or Batman Bruce Wayne for President. Uh, uh, that's two two more, and that's it actually. So we can do this real quick. Cool. Uh, my two questions. Uh, what was the original plan for Rolly before Johnny? Or for Roland before Johnny trepanned him. I don't know what that means. I guess shot him, like trepanning, uh, uh, to drill a hole through your head. Oh, I've never heard that term. What was the original plan for Roland before Johnny shot him? Uh, was he oh, going I, to join Delta Green? No, I, I already went over that earlier. Uh, basically, yeah. um, my my goal was to incapacitate Paris and Eckert, and then. Um, uh, confront uh, Johnny and Stuart and prob- probably end up trying to kill them because I, I mean, it's what it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, he wasn't going to join Delta Green. He spent, like, as I said earlier, he spent the last like 10 or 15 years uh, fucking like working against them and has, um, and has it out for them because they tried to kill him. And the last question, what is Dr. Luck or Dr. Eckert's position on the Loch Ness monster? Nice. <sighs> Nessie? Nessie. What 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 is his position on? Well, look. I'm not going all the way to Scotland, all right? 
she wants to get a hold of me, she can burrow down into the ocean and come pop out in a lake. We can talk. It's fine. <laughs> Last time we talked, <laughs> we didn't end on great terms. I'll admit it. I was kind of drunk. I was being an asshole. She wouldn't give me information on where Prime was at. And you know what? I regret it. But I'm not going out of my... I'm not buying a plane ticket. I don't even buy Long coffee. distance relationships Dude, are Southlake. hard on both parties. She's so beautiful. <laughs> South Lake Tahoe is a great holiday destination. Yeah, Tahoe, Tessie. Who do you think that is? That's just fucking Nessie burrowing through the earth. She's powerful. I always assumed that Nessie would have like a, a Godzilla versus Kong relationship with, with Bigfoot Prime. No, they were besties oh. in high school, basically. Like, eh, like you, I'm not gonna let you get towards Bigfoot Prime because he thinks you guys need, like you're stalking him and it's getting creepy. And I'm like, you know what? Shut <laughs> up, bitch. He didn't you tell like me that where he is. Right goddamn in. now. He owes me this at least. And you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. I'll admit it. That's. <laughs> there was one other question I saw asking of what happened to Cheryl's heel. Oh, oh yeah, I remember seeing that one too. I, I lost it. Um, so that was basically uh, Cheryl was shot by all uh, all of them, all of the opponents. Um, wait, not not exactly all, of them, but um, she was shot. <laughs> she the shot the shotgun shot was from Frank's shotgun, uh, who you met in the cave. The two forty five ones were from. Uh, a hunter shot her in the chest and uh uh that's a gun paris ended up with and then the shot in the heel was from the woman um her name was rachel it, it never came up uh and the reason she shot her in the heel was because she had a 10 firearms uh because of her uh, deformed hands oh so she was just a bad shot Interesting. Uh, Whoa. And with the radio tower, were they like broadcasting that in order to like call down the rain? Yeah. It it was basically the whole thing was a ritual. And Delta Green has pretty interesting rules for ritual and they're they're a little more concrete than I made them, but basically it's like you kind of combine like peace like insanity is a big part of how rituals work. So like driving people crazy builds power. Uh, is at least my take on it. Uh, it might not be exactly what the book says, but uh, uh, and yeah, like the ritual Johnny did too, and stuff like that. Uh, that tracks. It's a pretty, pretty interesting system. So, uh, yeah, that that does it for questions. Uh, I feel like we should talk about the plans coming up. Actually, that uh, someone last night was asking if we we're going to take a hiatus. Uh, no, we are not. We're just going to keep keep going. And next up is Mork Bore, as we were saying. So that is uh, uh, Black Metal. I believe it is a Norwegian game. Uh, it's by Free League Publishing. It's all free online. Their their website is awesome. They have like a character generator. And this will be a kind of a short arc. I'm not going to say how many episodes because I would be wrong. I'm sure. Oh, that's something. The how long was the show? Um, Everybody but Paris, who was not around, oh, yeah. guessed how long the show would be. And Andrew, you won with 40. Oh, uh, you won off. Yeah, what do I get? Uh, big <laughs> pat on the back like, from everybody. <laughs> cool. Dude, most character nice. deaths and that. Man, 
Yeah, up. you're winning all the contests. Cool. I totally MVP thought it was going to be Roland because everybody like had gone like you know farther out, and Roland was like, "This is the last episode." <laughs> yeah, you, you were the under for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, but yeah, but we're doing Mork Boray, and that will be a shorter. It'll be shorter season than this. Probably our next few shows will be. Um, and then after Mork Boray, we will be doing another Delta Green uh, game. That's probably our plan. Is we're going to alternate like a off game and then back to Delta Green, uh, try new systems and stuff. And the next Delta Green will be uh, run by Johnny or Chris Teal, I guess is his name. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So pretty excited. I'm I'm Neat. super pumped on this stuff coming up. Uh, uh the next episode we're going to record will be Mork Bore character creation, which is super fun. Uh Oh, we're going to make the first episode will be us making the characters. Yeah, it'll be like kind of an episode 0 type thing. Uh Okay. I think uh cuz the character creation's fun. You can do it on random charts. You guys can pre like make choices if you want, but I figured it'd be kind of fun to to roll the dice on it. Uh, yeah, that sounds yeah, good. I don't want to think about it until we're recording. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think all of you know the system very, like none of us know the system very well. So it'll be a good way to see what's available. Um, cool. And I think Jake already has a character, but there's some more to flesh out about him. Uh, oh yeah. It's just the really basics. The, the most basic thing that the little character generator online does. I, I rolled it when we first found this game, like sitting in the graveyard. And I was like, oh, that's so fun. I'm going to do that. And so I just decided on that one. But there's still like other stuff like, you know, equipment and crap like that. Origin stuff that's part of it uh, that isn't on it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super pumped. Uh, we got big plans coming up. And yeah, I want to just thank you all you guys for doing this uh, and nobody for quitting or anything because it was kind of a recording. The only part of this that is at all not enjoyable is planning recordings. But yes. everything else about this, I have super enjoyed and has been awesome. So, like, it's I'm really glad. One of the highlights of my week. Yeah, like you said, oh, sure, it sure. Sound, it's stressful, like making sure we have time. But then when we're doing it, it's the funnest thing I do. I'd say the worst thing is uh, is spending all the time to do that and then having a show get canceled because of technical difficulties. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> struggling with, after struggling with it for fucking like hours or whatever. Yeah. 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 I want to cut in and just thank everybody who uh, left a review on iTunes for us. So yeah, that helps so much. Thank you. Lamagrama, salty, slash, 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 dog, MXS Justin Haynes. Little Charlemagne, Juju B. Woodskers, Scared Goliath, Moby Round, Pete the Pirate, Dark Walrus, Jaboni Prime, Sean2739440, and Ursta Franklin. So thank you for that. And if you want to get a shout out on the show, uh, please leave us a, uh, a written review on iTunes because we like that. So thanks. Five thanks stars to- only. Don't give us any of that fucking three star, four star shit. <laughs> yeah, we're not here for criticism. We're here for praise. Yeah, That's criticize us on, on Reddit or Instagram, <laughs> but don't do that shit on iTunes. Or in your Action own goddamn class. head. We're not here for that. Come criticize us to our face. Yeah. Come criticize no, us at the mineshaft. Yeah. We'll meet you there. <laughs> uh, that is where Everyone who's talked to me about it at the mineshaft just says it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'll leave an iTunes review. 
Yeah, thank you to everyone who listens to, and the iTunes reviews are awesome, but just people who listen, it's awesome. I really did not expect people to listen really that much. So, like, I think we'd yeah. be doing it anyways, but the fact that we are getting listeners and more is awesome and Yeah, we super got 67 inspiring. listeners, it sounds like. So just, like, tell two friends so that we can get 69. Yeah, well, I mean that's not that's not right. Yeah, that's the goal. That's all we want. Just two more it. people to listen every yeah, week. How more than that, please? You know, you know, we'd be doing this anyways. We yeah. we love playing role playing games, but like the fact that we're recording and people are listening just like makes us bring our A game, and it's so much fun. It like heightens the experience. So yeah, thanks everyone. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, uh, tune back in for some black metal madness, and then more Delta Green and. Just more general madness. Uh, yeah, I guess. Anybody else? Anything? I don't know. I love all of you. I love, you. I love some of you. I love some of all of you. I love some of you and some of all of you. I love the sum um, of all you. Yeah, tune in next time to figure out who loves who the most. You're so beautiful. <laughs> Tune in next time to see who gets voted off playing with Madness Island. <laughs> <laughs>